Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Hi guys, greetings and happy 2024. Hey, I know I was absent for December. I did my uh, 300th episode, I think, the week after Thanksgiving or something. Um, As you know, if you've been listening to the podcast regularly, I have struggled with uh, bronchitis this year and I had my third bout. This one I managed to stay out of the emergency room for the the first time this year. Um, But this was my third bout of, of bronchitis and not only was I not physically able to pull you know, my thoughts together to write a podcast episode, but I certainly didn't want you having to listen to my voice during that time. Um, I had intended to put out a little short episode, so just to say in my little croaky voice, this is why I'm not here, but I didn't even feel up to that. I really struggled. So that's where I've been. I haven't left. I just needed to give my, my voice a break and heal. I also want to, as we go into 2022, I want to encourage you to email me. My email address is lesa, so I spell Lisa, L-E-S-A, at exclusivecareercoaching.com with a career-related topic. So if you've been researching how to do something, whether it's related to the job search or managing your career, and you're getting conflicting advice. You've been, you know, Googling or on chat or talking to people. Um, I, I talked to a client yesterday that was talking about all the conflicting advice she was getting about a resume. And, um, you know, she had worked on the resume she sent me based on that, that information that, of course, she was very confused by. And it was, you know, pretty rough, actually. And, you know, needed a lot of revision. But but that's what happens when you listen to, you know, perhaps people who don't, um, you know, have that expertise. So if you have a topic that you would really love me to talk about on the podcast, and and people have done this before, and uh, I research that. So, you know, if I haven't already done it, and if I have... I'll mention it in a future episode and say, hey, here's where you can find that information. I've already covered that topic. So if you're planning to job search this year, there are some important things that you need to know, especially if you haven't been out in the job market for a while. Things have really changed. So I decided to focus on five specific things I think are important for you to understand about the current job market and the hiring process, what you can kind of expect to come uh, come across out there. Clearly, the job market is going to change widely depending on the industry that you're in, the job function that you're going for, and the hiring process can change as well. So I tried to come up with some universal truths about these things, um, no matter what you're, you're going for, what kind of job or what industry you're in. Number one, I wanted to touch on remote work trends. So pre-COVID, you know, you might find a few jobs that were listed as remote or hybrid, um, but the absence of that language meant that you could expect it to be an in-person job. That was the norm back then. But what I've seen is the way the jobs are being posted now is quite different. Companies are, are now being much more explicit about 
what type of job they're offering. So, you know, there is no such thing as the assumption, if it doesn't say anything, the assumption is. Many of them, if not most of them, are saying this is an in-person job. This is a hybrid job. And if they say hybrid, they will often say, you know, you will be in the office three days a week or, or whatever the specifics are. And then if it's remote, um, it will tell you that as well. And I'm seeing that some of the remote jobs are still having a geographic requirement. And sometimes that's because of, even though you're not going into the office, the work that you may do. So let's say you're in sales, you may not have to go into an office, but they want you to be in the San Francisco Bay Area because that's where the clients will be. Another aspect of remote work that I'm seeing is the proliferation of remote job sites. So sites that are specifically targeted. Now, if you want to go to a mainstream site like LinkedIn or Indeed, you can often use a filter that they offer on that will say remote or virtual job, you know, hybrid, some terminology that you can use to find the jobs within that broader job search site that are remote or hybrid. But I also have some specific ones, and I've put the links for all these in the show notes. Um, Growmotely is one. We work remotely, flex jobs, remote.co, uh, rat race rebellion, and wa job queen. That's w a h j o b q u e e n dot com. One thing I want to con- caution you about in this area of you know the location of the job is the possibility of a company deciding to change the location requirement after you've been hired. I'm actually a member of our local chapter of the Society for Human Resource Management, and we had a, uh, a an employment attorney, oh, I don't know, sometime in 2023, I think, who came to talk about this issue. And of course, he's presenting it primarily to the employer side. Most of the people in there are HR folks. I'm listening to it through the lens of how can I help my clients? What do they need to know? And one of the things he was talking about is how to be kind of vague or kind of keep your options open in the hiring contract so that if you decide to change that location piece down the road, you're not under any legal, um, there wouldn't be any legal ramifications for you. What I want to say to you is it's a good idea to ask about, you know, this is a, a remote job now. Is there any possibility that this job would change to a hybrid or an in-person job down the road. Now, they're probably not going to come out and say, oh yeah, we haven't planned any here. And they may not actually know that. The people who you're talking to may not have that decision-making capability or, or be in the loop at that time. But what you can kind of watch for is, do they kind of get evasive or cagey when you ask that question, right? Um, do they, or do they answer you know, straight on, or, or are they kind of cagey about it? I have had clients who have had to look for a new job because the job that they were hired, and this, this was more common during COVID, but they were hired remotely, and then all of a sudden the company said, you have to be in person, and they had to leave the company because they were, you know, two hours away from the company. I had most recently a client who um, was in the entertainment industry, and the company wanted him back or I think for the first time, he'd never been in LA. He'd always been remote with that company. He was in an HR function and the company now wanted him to be located in LA. And so he ended up being able to work out um, a, an arrangement where 
he would go into LA for a couple of hours a week. So essentially he was in a hybrid arrangement and then he began actively job searching. He has since found a job um, and I don't know if it's in person or hybrid what it is now, but he's moved to Colorado for that job. So these kind of things can happen. You just want to kind of ask the questions and see if you can get a sense of um, what's going on there. The second thing I want to talk about is personal branding. If you haven't been in the job market for a while, you probably will be surprised at the importance of personal branding. It's in the ether. You're going to see it if you are reading about how do I job search, how do I write my resume, any of those kinds of things. In terms of why this is important, think of your favorite coffee shop or retailer, you know, whatever it is that you frequent. What do they stand for? Why do you go there and not somewhere else? What do they offer you that no one else can? Those same questions are the same things that prospective employers need to know about you. What do you stand for? What do they get if they buy you? Why should they buy you, hire you? I think of it as a purchase because, in fact, the company is purchasing you. Why should they buy you and not someone else? What can you do for them that no one else can do? You want an employer to have an immediate visceral reaction to your branding on your resume. They either immediately know that you're not the right person for, for them, or they immediately want to pick up the phone and schedule an interview with you. Now, many people think, oh, the reason I want branding is so that everybody will want to reach out to me immediately. And that's not true because not everybody is for you and you're not for everybody. If we think of the famous brands, Nike, Starbucks, um, Amazon, I guess, although I think Amazon kind of is for everybody. But most brands, there is a niche that that brand is going after. And it's important for them to market themselves as the solution to a problem for their niche market. When you don't do this kind of branding, you end up languishing in the maybe pile, right? So you're kind of that generic brand. And if you think about generic, the only reason you ever buy it is because it's the cheapest. And you either don't make it through to subsequent rounds or you're offered a below market salary. So if we go back to product branding, you can buy no-name shoes at Walmart for a lot less than you would pay for a pair of Nikes. And you're going to pay significantly more for the Nikes um, because of whatever it is that Nike means to you, what you think it does for you. Does it, you know, improve your running? Does it look better than any of the other alternatives? Does it feel better on your feet? Do you have, you know, some kind of foot problem? And Nikes are the best shoe for that problem. You're going to pay significantly more and you want an employer to pay significantly more for you. And without personal branding, you're again, you're like that generic product. You're an alternative for an employer who just doesn't want to pay as much. They're not paying market value. They know they can't get the Nike, so they're going to quote unquote settle. And by no means am I saying that you are someone they should settle for. What I'm saying is their perception of you may be that you are someone they can get at a lower price. When I'm working with clients on their resume and their LinkedIn profile, their cover letter and all of that, I spend an entire hour to tease out their personal brand with a, kind of a 360 approach to questioning them in, in, in various ways so that I really get at what differentiates them. 
And that's not only helpful for the marketing documents that I'm writing, but they need that as they prepare their elevator pitch, as they network, you know, as they present themselves in an interview, they need to know what differentiates them from their competition. Number three is Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. One of the biggest missteps that I see job applicants making is submitting umpteen applications every day. And then yet they're not taking the time to customize those applications, their resume and their cover letter for each position. I highly emphasize quality over quantity because when you go for quantity, chances are very good that half or more, probably 75% of the jobs you're applying for, you're not even that interested in and or not qualified for. There's just not a lot of chance if you're applying for, let's say, I don't know, 20 or 25 jobs a week, that there are that many for which you are fully qualified for, at least 70 to 80% qualified for, and very excited about. So what you're doing is you are building in frustration and rejection. You're applying for jobs that you're going to be rejected for. That's going to further demotivate you and it creates this really nasty downward spiral. Now I talked about the specifics of how to tailor your resume and cover letter in episode 287. And I put that link in the show notes if you want to check that out. But that episode was called How to Tailor Your Resume and Other Materials for a Specific Position. The bottom line here is that your resume needs to include skills, competencies, qualifications that are listed in the job description to the degree, of course, that you actually possess those things. Otherwise, your resume is not going to score high enough. It's not going to have the substance in it that will send that resume through to the human at the other end of this equation. Number four, LinkedIn is no longer optional. I'm going to argue that it hasn't been optional for a while, but it isn't getting any less um, in, important, any less critical in the job search process. But I want to position it in a slightly different way than you may be thinking of it. Now, I've done many episodes on LinkedIn, and you can find all of them grouped together if you go to my website. So if you click on ExclusiveCareerCoaching.com, click on the podcast tab, you'll see a number of tiles. So resumes, job search, career management, leadership. And one of those tiles is LinkedIn. So lots of topics and you can zone in on exactly what you need to, to know more about. But here's the part that many people don't think about. Having a strong LinkedIn profile isn't just for your outbound networking efforts so that you feel confident reaching out to people because you know they can see that your profile is robust, etc. But it's also for others to find you, specifically recruiters and other people who might have job opportunities. What I see over and over again is people who have a LinkedIn profile that is missing critical information that is making it that would make it easier for recruiters to find them. So what they're missing. So yesterday I was talking to someone who had seven skills in their skill section, whereas you have room for 50. So those keywords that recruiters may be searching on, they're not finding her based on her skills because she has so few. They have a headline that just gives their current job title and employer and they've missed the opportunity to really market themselves or perhaps their current job title is in no way relevant to what they want to do going forward or they have a job title and I run into this a lot with with my clients is the job title at that company doesn't make sense outside of that company's it hasn't been properly translated 
so someone looking at that job title or someone searching for let's say someone in sales they wouldn't come up as a candidate based on their current job title even though they're doing a sales role but it's called something else another area is you don't have achievements in your experience section so i'm seeing a lot of people that just have the name of the company the job title dates of employment and nothing else there's no quality there there's no description of here's what i did in this job and here are my achievements and again this should never be a cut and paste of your resume so it's no longer enough to just have a linkedin profile that ship has sailed a long time ago you now want to have a robust linkedin profile and then i also want you to be active in networking on linkedin you know engaging with other people's content perhaps putting out original content depending on your goals um, and and then sharing other people's content so it really is important to have a presence on linkedin and to have a big enough footprint on linkedin so that recruiters and others can find you and the last one i want to talk about is expect technology in the interview process increasingly companies are using ai to conduct those initial interviews and many companies are only bringing the top two to three sometimes only the top one candidate on campus and that's especially true if the job is a remote job they may still want to bring you on at the very final stage but they're not going to bring you on you know back long gone i think are the days where very many companies are bringing you on campus for an initial interview almost no one is i talked about how employers are using ai in the job interview process and how you can prepare um, for this new world order in episode 281 and i put that link in the show notes as well the bottom line about the the technology process is twofold number one you want to expect that you're going to have technology-based interviews you want to make sure that you have adequate technology um, you want to make sure that you i strongly recommend that you have an external camera um, you may want um, external um, microphone you also want to make sure that your background is not distracting um, I've, I've said it before but i'm not a fan of the uh, virtual backgrounds uh, unless you happen to have found one which i haven't seen them yet where they are so good that you don't become disjointed when you move because i do want you moving in the interview process i want you gesturing and if this is one of those where all of a sudden your hand looks like it's come off your body that's going to be very distracting you know lighting all of the things right and the second thing i want to say about remote interviews is this is not an excuse to relax your appearance or your preparation so in no way do i want you to think in any part of your brain that the fact that i'm not on campus means i don't have to look as good i don't have to prepare as much this one doesn't count for as much absolutely not true and i encourage you in terms of the appearance to dress as you would for an interview in person from head to toe even though they're not going to see everything about you um, it just makes a difference in how you show up how you look and how you quite frankly how you perform so i hope this has given you some things to think about as you launch a job search this year and of course i'm here for you if you want one-on-one -on -one assistance with any aspect of this so uh, i hope that uh, this is helpful to you and i hope you have great uh, goals set i'm not a fan of um what do they i can't think of what they call them um new year's resolutions 
I am not a fan of them, but what I am a fan of is goal setting and then coming up with a plan for how to achieve those goals and maybe an accountability partner to keep you on target with those goals. And I hope you have a wonderful, fantastic, and amazingly accomplished 2024. I'll see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.